Welcome to another episode of the Corporate Quitters Podcast. Today, we're going to be joined by Invisible Dan, Dan the Man, or just plain Dan, Dan Freudenberg. Dan calls himself the internet's best kept secret. But you know what? Today, he's going to reveal that secret. So tune in today as we talk about, well, who knows where the conversation is going to go when Dan is in the house. All right, everyone, Dan... Dan, that was an awesome intro. Thanks, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, my job is to make you look good so that you can make me look good. Well, I'll do what I can, right? We, we, you know, I, you know, I've been talking to you about camera angles and all that kind of stuff, and you're always self-deprecating. And it's just like, ah, you know, the only angle I have is off. But like, you know, <laughs> we, 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 we'll fix that up. Well, you know, I'm still trying to find that right angle. You know, do I do a dashing Billy D. Williams or? <laughs> right, right, right. The uh, the Zoolander like Blue Steel you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Or the nice. thinker. Hmm. Yeah, careful. Oh. You don't want to like melt the camera or something. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. We've already started and we haven't even introduced you. So Dan, tell everybody who you are, man. Sure. Yeah, I'm Dan Fradenberg. And uh, if you really want to know about me, the most important thing is that I come from communist Canada and uh, I lived in Taiwan for 15 years. Uh, I thought I was going to grow old and die there, but uh I've owned an online sales funnel and lead capture focused digital agency since 2011. And I used to work for web.com specifically. It was one shopping cart.com and that had me building funnels before click funnels was even created. So, uh, I started that agency. I was freelancing, uh, since 2013, I've been focusing on the real estate niche and, uh, you know, I just keep on going and going and going. Yeah. More stuff on that, but I'm sure we'll get to it. No wait, you you said communist Canada. What 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 is Canada? What is that? Is that like a country? Right, right, right. So so uh, you know, I always like to make the joke because the high taxes and all that kind of stuff. One of these days, uh, I've been saying I'm going to ha- make a uh, a one man show uh, for you know like theater, selling tickets, all that kind of stuff, and I'm going to call it moving your business to Canada. And what it's going to be? It's it's going to be you do me. Running around on stage, screaming like my hair is literally on fire in panic. And then every once in a while, I'll stop to get my breath again. And then do the, ah, ah, yeah, that's that's what it's like moving your business to Canada because um, it's it's just a complete mess. It's like, oh, well, I, you know, I want to pay my taxes. Oh, well, you can't. Why not? Well, you need a slip of paper. How do I get the slip of paper? Oh, you got to call these people and then they'll ask you for the slip of paper that you don't have. And then that's, that's just going to be absolutely fantastic. So it's like, you know, like all sorts of circles, but yeah. So uh, the other thing too, is that uh, I got to confess part of the reason why I call it communist Canada is because I don't know if you're aware of this, but last year in 2020, things got a little bit iffy. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And so, you know, like a lot of Canadians were sitting there saying closed border, I'm kind of okay with that for a little bit. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you know, if you play up the fact that, uh, you know, play up saying uh, Canada's communist instead of the truth, which is that it's more on the socialist side, uh, you know, you get, uh, you get a, a, you make it a little bit less inviting. But of course, it's so cold. Well, I don't know why you need to <laughs> make it You less know, inviting. some people in the U.S. call Canada just the upper U.S., uh, yeah, yeah, I like to call myself a snow Mexican. <laughs> or the 51st state. I mean, <laughs> there you go. Good stuff. So Good I take stuff. it Canada is not very business friendly at this particular moment in time. Yeah, well, it's 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 such a complex uh, uh, subject. You know, one of the biggest things is that, um, you know, you, you need to have some like, like even just finding an accountant was really, really difficult. You know, I went to uh, at least half a dozen different accountants and they wouldn't even take me, even though I only had one vendor, one vendor. 
and that was in oh. the U.S. It's just like absolutely mind blowing that it's like, oh no, no, I'm not taking it because using all that computer mumbo jumbo. <laughs> <sighs> that is what you it's get for being in the world of the internet. It's all your fault. Mm -hmm. But yeah, check this out, Dan. Right, we've got some good people coming in already, and Shri wants to know right off the bat. Where's the green suit? So we got to talk about the green suit because in the intro, I called you Invisible Dan. So what a lot of right. people don't know is Dan is really invisible and it's not because he's Canadian. Uh, it's, be <laughs> it's because he had a green suit for uh, Halloween and probably other special occasions that he wears that turns himself invisible. So let's talk about this green suit. Shree says, where is it? Where's the green suit, Dan? Yeah, yeah. So the green suit's uh, uh, bundled up in the corner because I'm such a tidy person. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, one of, I was thinking about putting it on, but it's actually a full body suit. And in Hollywood, they use those to make things float, you know, so you can actually like pick up objects or whatever like this. And it just looks like it's floating around cause you can't see the hand. Right. Ah. So, so that's what I was up to, but I saw something on TikTok that I'm going to rip off soon, which is, um, it's a green shirt. Uh, and what they do is they, they have like a music video playing in the background, so I'm planning on, you know, starting to do interviews where like my shirt will have that projection on it. And I'm thinking it'll probably be my sizzle reels. For those of you in the audience haven't seen my sizzle reels, you can go to danfradenberg.com forward slash sizzle. And I got a bunch of people to basically uh, uh, troll me and uh, especially Gilbert Gottfried, uh, who I'm sure you aware, you're aware of. So like, wait, wait, wait. wait. Slow down. Let's talk about this. Sizzle reels cool. now. Let's tell the people what they are and why you decided to do them. And then let's get into some of the people. Let's get into Gilbert and then uh, Debo. But sizzle reels, what are they and why did you decide to do them? All right. That's an excellent and timely question, uh, especially because uh, where I actually came from. One issue I have right now, now that I'm a couple years into building my online presence and my audience and all that sort of stuff, I'm afraid that the sizzle reel might land on the side of arrogance right now, whereas originally I was just a tech guy and I was going like, okay, so, hey, wait a second, this, this cameo place, they use web forms and I do digital security, especially web forms. So I'm like, okay, well, I know how to get a lot more information into that form than you're supposed to be allowed to do, which is exactly what I did. And, uh, and, and so, uh, what I was going for is like, well, what can I do where, you know, I knew that, um, there was a chance I'd have to make an, a jump to another company in my capacity as CTO, but tech is so boring. If, if I, if I turn around to somebody and I'm like, it's like, oh yeah, you know, you should hire me. How do you get him excited about it? It's like, oh yeah, I do the coding with the PHP and the jQuery and all these different, uh, all these different online transaction integrations and all that kind of stuff. Isn't that exciting? No, not really. It's not very exciting at all. So what I did instead is uh, I got, um, I got some celebrities to sit there and troll me. And the, there's another reason for why I got them to troll me, which is uh, I was pretty concerned about trolls in general, but uh, there's a black hat SEO trick which is that if anybody says anything bad about you on the internet and you don't want anybody to find out what people do is they flood the internet with their own narrative about that subject so that nobody can find the bad thing that the troll or whatever said. So what I was thinking was if I, instead of, you know, waiting for that to happen and then go on defense, what I can do is I can get these celebrities to talk smack about me. And then that way, that's all that anybody will ever really remember so that's why i have gilbert going i have no idea who he is i don't even know how to pronounce his name it could be fradenberg you know all that kind of stuff so that's uh that's so, the so background of that gilbert godfrey and that's what he actually said about you in the video uh he also said that i sometimes give to <laughs> so okay so who's the most famous celebrity that you got to troll you uh i haven't released it but uh, and this wasn't a troll i i got um, breaking news I got, here i got the sarah palin to send me a merry christmas Stop. video last 
Oh yeah, and she did not. Her team clearly did not look me up. Well, isn't she like the president of Canada? I mean, she's right. <laughs> I know, I know, she can see Russia from her backyard, but I'm not sure about the status with Canada. Uh, she was very nice. I actually asked her for uh, for a reading list. Uh, it, it was it was pretty it was pretty covert what I was up to, but I'll release that one of these days. So, uh, yeah, she she's probably the most famous person I can think of. Um, uh, oh, uh, Steve Gutenberg is in there from uh, from Police Academy and Short Circuit. And wait, he's the one. Um, wait, which one is he from Police Academy? He's he's Mahoney. He's the he's the big star. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Hey, so yeah. check this out. We, we've got great people in our audience. Teresa says that uh, her troll told her she needed to grow up. <laughs> Why would you want to do something awful like that? Like, when was the last time you heard somebody grow up and say, it's like, that was, I'm glad I did that. That was, that worked out amazing. Look, man, I'm, I'm going after the Jeffrey mentality. Remember Jeffrey, the big giraffe from Toys R Us? I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid, right? Nice. Nice. So, good stuff. All right. Good stuff. So look, you were telling me, you were telling me, well, before we go there, Shri is looking for some mimosas. Shri, it, you know, it's like seven o'clock in the morning. It's a little too early for that now, isn't it, my friend? Isn't it a little too early for that? And Beth is here and she says she has some suspicions about Canada, too. So it's not just you. It's not just you, Dan. So we were talking earlier about you got somebody to troll you that's, um, well, in a cult classic movie, uh, especially a movie from the hood, you got Debo from Friday to troll you. So, mm -hmm. so what happened with Debo, man? What? Ah, uh, we can't hear it that well. Oh man, yeah, yeah, that's Debo spelling out my name, which I couldn't even believe. Like, he was so professional that he actually, you know, I'd be like, it's like, you know, no, no, I need a, I need a special contract just to spell out this dude's name it's just way too long but uh yeah yeah i ended up getting debo too and uh you know he was amazing because i actually uh, had a few setups uh i guess this is a good place as any to to do the reveal on this i actually wanted to do a bit where i had um i was thinking i, I really want debo to do a video for me and the idea i was thinking that because like i like to do whatever is the most outlandish thing I can think of. So I was going like, what, what's the best setup I could have for like the biggest of the big black dudes? You know, it's like, like, you know, with, with the, like he had that, he like, he had the eye. I don't know if you know this, he passed away from uh, getting uh, COVID yeah. the second time uh, last year, about a year ago now. And uh, you know, like he was, oh yeah. He was also Zeus in, um, in Adam Sandler's movie. Uh, uh, what was it called? Little Nicky. And he was amazing in that because he was a tough guy, like really like wearing him out. But I knew that he like I thought that he was too typecast. So I was going like, how can I get him to show a little bit more range? Because I know that if I if I were him, I'd be mad of playing the thug all the time. Right. But I was going like, I don't know how comfortable he is outside of that. I saw him as president of the universe in the fifth element element. And that was cool. But, oh, I remember um, that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the setup I had him do, uh, if he clicked on the link, and maybe he ended up clicking on the link and says, like, what is this kid doing? He just, nah, I'm not doing that. And then he just ended up going off of what was on there. But um, uh, I was originally telling him to set it up that uh, he and my wife decided that they were going to run away with each other. And then in this setup, I like in my imagination, I was like, I don't know, tied up in the basement or dead or something. And then I was thinking that maybe my wife and he got this idea is like, ah, but how are we going to pay our bills? Oh, I know what we, we need to make sure that Dan's clients keep on sending those checks. So in this setup, Debo decided that the best idea is to impersonate me. So, right. Wait, it's just really? like, well, you know, doing like, you may know me by my distinctive red beard, but I shaved and I'm on a high protein diet. And then just, but make sure you keep on, you know, yeah, this is Dan Fravor, all that kind of stuff. So that's what I was up to with him. And uh, that was a lot of fun uh, as an idea, but yeah, he didn't go for it. He didn't go through it running uh, on my second video too, which I had him, um, I had him reply to, uh, to Gilbert trolling me. And uh, instead he decided to pray for me, which is probably uh, not a bad idea after everything's said and done. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it's pretty crazy talking to all these different um, 
Let's see. After a hundred support likes, we have one more viewer. Ha ha ha. All right, Peter. Good to see you. <laughs> Looking well, at the comments here. Yeah, no, we, we've got a lot of people in the chat and they're, they're talking about a lot of things. Now, Shri is talking about, she's going to troll you, Dan. So I don't know if she, I don't know if she's one person that you want trolling you. And uh, Teresa says she is a troll, but Teresa, do you live under a bridge? That's the other question that I would ask. No. Uh, uh, no, it's it's it maybe shocking by looking around you, but I spend a fair bit of time in this exact spot. Now, uh, are you under a bridge, though? Uh, no, no, I'm in the the tallest room in the highest tower of my house. Now, Shri is asking, is that a heart clock? Uh, uh, no, it's it's a melted, melted looking one. And the number four is the wrong Roman numeral, but ah, okay. we can deal with that. Now, Rory is here from South Africa, and he said that you confirmed that, you confirmed that Sarah Palin is a Russian plant. There you go. So, look, guys, we're here on the Corporate Quitters podcast. We were, we're here with Dan Freidenberg. But what you don't know is Dan is the king of all things Internet, and he's the Internet's best kept secret. And what he does is he brings visibility to a lot of people he does click funnels. Well, he does funnels. No, I'm sorry, not click funnels. He does funnels and he helps real estate people in the real estate industry get visibility. But see, we've been talking about how Dan has gotten celebrities to troll him. And I think that that is just genius. It doesn't get any better than that. Getting celebrities to troll him. He's gotten Gilbert Godfrey to troll him. That's insane. Now, now, Dan, we know you live in Canada, but you spend a lot of time in Taiwan. What What's the deal? How, how in the world did you end up in Taiwan? All right. Well, uh, I had uh, I had a friend who uh, was out here and really well out here out there and uh, really needed some help. And uh, and but of course, whenever somebody asks you to move to the opposite side of the planet, you know, the first reaction has to be that's nuts. I can't do that. I'll you know, it's you know, I won't see my I won't see my family, you know, all these different things. But uh, because even back then I was already a Buddhist. I realized that you don't know who you are unless you also know who you're not. And moving to the other side of the world is one of the most effective ways to get really crystal clear on, on who you're not. And uh, you might be extremely surprised. You might find out that um, you bear more similarity to the people who you find there than you do with the people that you grew up with. But uh, no matter what, you really do have to make that jump if you want to understand yourself thoroughly and know what is uh, most important to you. That's um, that's the biggest reason. Yeah, now that that was that was actually pretty deep, Dan. I'm a little stunned because you just said something deep. I I change gears pretty quick. <laughs> no, that actually was pretty quick. But, you know, um, Beth has got a new domain for you. Dan does trolls dot com. You mean like does, does, does? Because like well, doing deals know. is one thing, but like doing <laughs> trolls, that's, I've had the internet for a long time. So they're like, there are no guarantees on the internet on what they want. I, I seen, I, I seen some <laughs> shit, <man. laughs> I seen, I seen some Oh, shit. now. Now, Rory, Rory says that you were trying to escape the crazy government in Canada, hence fleeing to the east. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is I studied electrical engineering just in time for the dot-com bubble to burst. And then within uh, within like an hour and a half drive, uh, two-hour drive from where my college was, there were uh, 20,000 electrical engineers laid off from Nortel, if you remember that. So I'm sitting here going like, <laughs> like now what do I do? Right. It's like, yeah, this is, this is wonderful. The, the career spot uh, prospects couldn't be better. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So with all that, it's like, well, Taiwan sounds nice. Actually, when I, I remember I was on the plane when I found out, I, I think part of me, I was in such a hurry to get my passport for the first time and, uh, and get the plane tickets and all that kind of stuff. Cause you know, my friend needed help. And, uh, when I got on the plane, I'm pretty sure I thought that Taiwan was actually Sri Lanka. 
you know, the island just off of, uh, off of India, but, uh, it turns out, no, it's in the Pacific and, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, quite the place. Well, I bet that was a culture shock for you. Wait a minute. So how many languages do you speak? Well, that's funny. Like I've been telling people for a long time now that I speak three because I speak English and Mandarin, but then I'm like a third of the way where I need to be in French. I'm a third of the way where I need to be in Spanish. I'm a third of the way where I need to be in Taiwanese. But, um, you know, like you're, you're asking specifically about speaking. So Mandarin, you know, I've explained the theory of relativity before using only Mandarin on a bet. And, and I won the bet. And um, I, I guess I guess the more important thing, if I'm going to add value instead of just talking about myself, I'd say the most important thing about really learning a language, because, you know, I was in my 20s when I started learning Mandarin. Um, the most important thing is I find people have what I call a good enough valve. It, it, like, especially in Taiwan, people are so friendly if you make some effort in Mandarin, like, you know, if you just go to a restaurant and you order in Mandarin, they'll treat you like you just saved a puppy from a burning building. And that's not a very high standard as far as language goes. You know, like it, it takes a lot more than just knowing, you know, like a, a couple phrases, you know, to, to really uh, say it's like, oh, yeah, I'm good at this language or whatever. So the point is, just like in business, you know, you got to keep on working to uh, to get better and better and better because like, OK, sure, maybe you can have a decent conversation with a taxi driver. But can you discuss, you know, the the volatility con conditions in the market with your banker? You know, and, and that's the kind of conversation that was normal for me. I'd be talking about the finer details of, uh, of Buddhism to people who didn't even speak English. You know, it's, oh, wow. it's all this sort of stuff. So there's there's so many levels uh, of language. And um, I also think you don't really understand a place that well unless you uh, you've lived there for at least at least a month or so you know, yeah. like absolute minimum. And uh, in that case, you do have to be able to speak the language because, you know, it, what they what they say in your own language will be quite different from what they say in their own language. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it does make a big difference when you at least try to speak <laughs> in a foreign language. I know most of the time us Americans, when we go abroad, we want people to speak English, which shows some for some of us, our lack of exposure. Wait, did you speak Mandarin before you moved or did you pick it up while you were there? Ah. Yeah, I didn't even know how to say hello when I got off the plane. Oh, wow. So, oh, yeah. Escaped communist China. Uh, I'm sorry. Communist Canada. <clears throat> you escaped <laughs> communist Canada and then went to Taiwan during the dot com bubble and uh, and just lived there and learned the language. And wait, what was the coolest thing you did in Taiwan? coolest thing I did in Taiwan. Well, well, I can tell you, uh, after a year of being there, I was about ready to throw in the towel and head back to Canada, even though I would have been worse off than before I left. But I met this girl, right? And uh, she's my wife. And uh, the mother of my two kids. So always you know, a girl. It's always a girl. Yeah, yeah. So, so I stuck around with her, and uh, and that was that explained the other uh, fourteen years of living in Taiwan. Wait, and, you stuck uh, around with her? Don't you mean she stuck around with you? Like, it depends, you know. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I, I'm no slouch, and she's no slouch either. But yeah, it it, it worked out, you know. It, it's I don't know. My wife is very clear to her uh, where my priorities lie. And, and, you know, the, the people in my family, like how they feel is, is absolutely top of the list. And, you know, if I have to keep on sacrificing and sacrificing in order to, uh, you know, make sure that, you know, they know how I feel about them, you know, they feel supported. And then also I take care of the, uh, the work side of things. Uh, you know, that's, that's always my priority. I'll, I'll always kick my own ass and, uh, in order to make sure that, that their lives are a little bit easier. So, you know, she sees that, you know, she told me before that, um, you know, her big thing with me is, is my heart. So, and, uh, she's now on LinkedIn. So make sure you, you add Kiwi Sue. And if you want Mandarin lessons, that's what she does. She also nice. teaches diplomats. Oh, now that is nice. 
Hey, yeah, our, yeah, our, cool. our chat is having fun at our expense. Uh, Mm -hmm. Teresa says that the South in the USA has their own language. I totally agree with that. I'm actually from the South. So, yeah. And Shri says, yeah, yeah, she agrees with me. It's uh, it's always a girl. And Teresa says those darn girls. But Rory, with always the ever comical comment, he says, but Americans don't speak English. They speak American. They gave up English when <laughs> when they left the empire. Yes. Yeah. yeah that is so yeah. true. Well, yeah, we, that's a fun one. I, I run into that all the time. You know, a lot of people say it's like, okay, well, what's what's proper English, you know, or when I was in Taiwan, they say, you don't have an accent. It's like, yeah, right. So I go to England and they have no idea where I'm from. It's like, I, it's a mystery, right? It, nah, nah, you know, everybody has an accent and there are only a couple ways of really deciding what you can even call correct. You know, one way, which I think is the best way is say, what accent has the most native speakers? Or, you know, like, what's the most easily understood accent? You know, so, like, I'd say that's the Midwestern accent because there's more people who have the Midwestern accent than there are people in the UK. You know, in the UK, they've got, like, at least 15 distinct accents that I can hear. So it's it's really, really, you know, like, just saying, oh, you got a British accent is kind of meaningless. But, you know, sometimes you have a prescriptive grammar, like received pronunciation. And in Mandarin, you know, you got, like, what they speak in Beijing as as the correct accent so you know i like to support my american friends you know i've adopted your accent for crying out loud i barely ever say a boot <laughs> right out in the boot out in the booty oh that was pretty good you didn't catch my ai avatar doing uh, the the glaswegian scottish one did you Use any we stay in the house or we're all gonna die. The more you go, the more we have to stay in. I don't know how this isn't even clear to everybody yet. I mean, we got experts like Kate Winslet telling us, and she was once in a film about a virus, so she'll know best. Huh. The man of many <laughs> talents. And 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 Rory actually says, uh, clearly electrical engineers make good marketers. So <laughs> Let's talk about this, man. How in the world did you get into marketing and funnels and how did that all start? Because that's actually pretty cool and very valuable right now. I'm assuming you're doing pretty well right now. It's uh, it's the mother of invention, right? It's necessity. It's, uh, you know, one of my things I've, I've, oh, I've been a firm believer in the, the idea that when God closes a door, he opens a window, you know, don't get my pronouns Just don't jump out of that wrong if you have a problem with that but uh because of that i think it means that you have to constantly keep your eyes open in your situation to see like where is there the most opportunity and you know just just be ready for it when it when it arises you know because otherwise you're going to miss your chance and so as a result you know the other thing too it, it, learning is really really easy for me so when I look around and I see, okay, well, this is where my career is taking me. This is where my business seems to take me. This is what seems to be the most in demand. You know, it's easier for me to pick up a new skill and add that to my toolbox and then make that something out there. But at the end of the day, you know, anything you want to learn, you know, just now it's so much easier because you can just buy books on it and you can check out videos on YouTube. And, you know, you can buy a course from somebody who you're sure actually has the sufficient background in that topic to uh, to be able to relate it well. And if not, you just get another book. So that's uh, that's really where that came from. But, um, you know, the the more formal reason why I know marketing is because uh, building all the funnels, I was part of the marketing department of my uh, of my last job. Before that, it was all uh, just the execution, you know, actually setting up the funnels, making sure that the security is uh, up to snuff and um, segmenting all the lists, five million emails sent per month. You know, it's uh, I know that. Um, my systems have run over $70 million in revenue, but I haven't, uh, I haven't done the math in about a year or so. So it's gotta be more than that, but it's, uh, all of that stuff. I was originally in that implementation, but I was in the marketing department and I was fortunate to have a group of, uh, marketers that were very open about their plans and, and saying, okay, we're going to do this approach because of this and that and the other reason. And then, oh, we're not going to do that because nobody's going to go for it. That sort of thing. 
And uh, really, it's I, I think it's a move about personal branding, honestly, you know, because I, I said that, you know, me getting into the marketing is um, it, it's about opportunity. And as far as if I'm if I, if we're talking about where the ball is rolling, everybody has to be into personal branding right now because it's the only way to make sure that people know who you are. And uh, personal branding is a form of marketing. So, you know, I was marketing myself and uh, I'm helping other people with their marketing as well. So hopefully that answers it well enough. Yeah, no, it does. Now, how do you think personal branding ties into funnels? Mm -hmm. Okay, so so really, when you understand a funnel, the most important part of a funnel is uh, to understand that it's a it's a full conversation instead of just a single question or a single statement or something like that. You know, you start off with this. Uh, when I was first explaining upsells and downsells when I was working for web.com, uh, I'd say I'd always use this example. I love using it because uh, Nintendo changed the name of its system to to the switch. Uh, so what I'd say is like, let's say that you're in your online business, you're selling a Wii and half the people when I said that they think I said weed, but I just kept on going oblivious, which was really, really funny, but they said, okay, so you, so you sell it, you sell a Wii. And then on the upsell, maybe you're like, oh, well, you know, they're going to need some controllers for this thing. So why not have an upsell? It says, Hey, throw in an extra 50 bucks or something. And, you know, we'll include an extra two controllers, you know? Yeah. So you're continuing a conversation that you already have instead of, what, how do you want to describe it? You know, like driving with, with two feet, you know, one foot on the brake, one on the accelerator, you know, that whole start, stop, start, stop, start, stop sort of feel. If you, if you don't have a nice flow of the offers where they actually relate to each other, it, it's just too piecemeal and it's not going to work very well. So, so that's what I mean by continuing the conversation. But the other thing that's more important about a funnel fundamentally is understanding the idea of a value ladder which is that if you're going to get somebody to work with you or, or whatever uh, as a business, you got to start out with something that's inexpensive or free. And then you have something that's a little bit, you know, like it actually costs you something. And then you have something that costs you a fair bit. And then, you know, as you go further up the ladder, it goes away from, you know, here's the manual, go figure it out yourself to here, I'll just do it for you. You know, getting that increase in uh, a cost is is what they call a value ladder. And, and so everybody has to have some sort of offering like that if they are going to have people paying them all the time. But as a personal branding move, it it's it's very complex in the sense that, uh, you know, everybody's selling something different. But if we just keep it as like a, a product or service or software, you know, like those three it still applies. You know, if you have like a free report that you can download by giving your email, then, you know, that's the first step. And, and from the marketer's perspective, the personal branders perspective, now you've got their email. So if you do have something to offer in the future, now you can email them and say, it's like, Hey, I've got a new course or, Hey, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. Or, Hey, let's go to this really awesome networking event on this huge yacht or just anything like that. It all you know, works. Here, here's what I really like. So funnels can be confusing, especially for people who have never dealt with them, don't even understand the value of them. But one thing you just said that really struck me, you said, a funnel is like continuing the conversation. That is just golden because as soon as you said it, it just really clicked. Because I know there are a lot of people listening or maybe a few people listening who don't even know what a funnel is. But that's exactly what it is. You establish a relationship with someone and you continue the conversation down the path of figuring out if or helping them figure out if what you offer is something that they want. And as you continue that conversation, hopefully they'll stay in your funnel until the sale finally closes. But Rory is asking a very specific question. He says, what is your preferred email marketing management platform or system and why? And he said that he runs into a lot of people with MailChimp, but personally, he found it to be a weaker platform than some of the others out there. What are your thoughts? Mm -hmm. Okay, so there are a few things. The most important thing, and and I'm not saying that uh, I think you said uh, the person's name was Rory, but um, I, I'm not saying that you don't know this. But uh, the first thing that needs to be understood is nobody's happy with their email deliverability. 
Nobody, 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 nobody. Everybody wants 100% open rates, 100% deliverability rates, 100% click-through rates. It's just not realistic. And the most important thing to understand is that there are, there are, there are so many gatekeepers in email, okay? Microsoft is just one. Okay. Verizon is another Comcast is another, you know, Google's another, you know, all of these guys, they have the ability to say, no, I'm not letting your emails in or saying, no, I'm not letting any emails in from your server. That's becoming less important right now. So the important thing is nobody's happy with their deliverability. The other thing I hear all kinds of people talking about is uh, with the most recent upgrade to uh, update to Apple products, uh, it's more and more and more difficult to get any identifying uh, information from people. But um, uh, basically, the main thing is you, you do have to uh, split test. Uh, you know, I'll, I, I basically dump all of these uh, big names in the same boat. So MailChimp, Active Campaign, Constant Contact, you know, but, you know, like we've always been focusing on using shopping cart softwares instead of uh, email uh, senders, as far as mass email senders, where you're using shared servers. Uh, so I know I'm getting in the weeds here, but there's one other thing I want to say is you can either go through those campaigns or there are people who actually manage the, the servers themselves. And then you have your own software that sends it out there. And then you can have people who are in charge of, of saying, okay, like what's, what's this provider's problem? What's that provider's problem? And that's the four figure per month solution. Whereas usually if you get like a constant contact, you're still staying in the, in the hundreds per month, uh, even if you're emailing a lot of people, but, but that's what you do. If you want to have real control over your deliverability that you're just not going to get on these different services. But before I wrap that up, I want to go back to my comment about the shopping cart part. Uh, if you, if you have email automation as part of your business, it's really important to get your uh, shopping cart software, the one, the, the software that's actually processing the transaction. It's really important to get that software to send out the fulfillment emails just because there's less room for error. Whenever you have two different systems talking to each other, you know, it sometimes won't work and you'll have these customers saying, hey, why hasn't my stuff arrived? You know, you guys are a bunch of crooks, you know, all that kind of stuff when it's actually a delay that the business owner can't really control. So as far as what's the gold standard for email, it's definitely having your own uh, service, maybe an on-gauge account with somebody who can uh, handle the server itself. And um, uh, next best, I'd say, would be a shopping cart service, even though your deliverability might uh, suffer in other ways, especially if you're broadcasting all the time. But you can also send from multiple domains, which is a nice trick to make sure that uh, you keep that up. But email deliverability is a disaster. It's, it's, you can go on and on and on. It's so multifactorial. It's not fun. Now, Charlene says, so true. And uh, she would know because she's a website architect. But let's break this down for some people, because, like I said, funnels can be confusing, but you want an email list because statistically speaking, the bigger your email list, the bigger the chances are for you to make higher profits because you continue to uh, communicate with the people on your email list and try to convert them from people who are just kind of listening to you to people who are buying from you. Now, in order for your email list to be effective, you have to be able to send out emails. And there are a lot of different providers that can help you send out those emails. But those providers have a lot of things that they do that make it difficult for you to deliver emails to other providers. It also makes, you makes it difficult for you to track when people have opened your emails, read your emails, and clicked on your emails. And so what Dan does is Dan helps you make more money by helping you streamline your funnel. So as you're funneling customers through that process, Dan will help you with the technology pieces. Which providers do you need to use? Which providers are, well, the better providers? And as he just said, none of them are that great. So you kind of have to go with the best of the worst because, because they all have their quirks. And so Dan knows the quirks of each of these and he can help you out. Now, Rory is saying, Rory's making a really good point. He's glad that you highlighted that uh, for shopping carts. So few people know that. And he said that he's seen some mad setups with people's uh, e-commerce setups. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't know that either. I didn't even think about it, but I know on my websites, I actually do send the emails directly from my shopping cart, but it wasn't because I was some mad genius. It was just a stroke of luck that the shopping cart that I use had that capability within it. But so I like that tip. I, I had no idea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, and, and that's the big thing is uh, whenever you're migrating your list, uh, it's a problem. You know, it, it's that was part of what I did at web.com is I was working with the guy who go through. It's like, OK, I want to import this list and they'd manually check through it and they'd have some other uh, ways of sanitizing the list, you know, to, to say it's like, OK, is this full of spam traps? You know, in other words, uh, email addresses that if they receive anything at all, they know it's spam. And so your reputation is going to go. You know, but uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention real quick, since we're talking about email, uh, the importance of having your email list is to understand that on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever, you don't own your list. And right. if they kick you out, you're cooked. you got to have another way of getting a hold of everybody on your list or else, you know, like I've. I've been there for Google slaps. I've been there for Facebook slaps. It's very, very scary. So that's, that's the real reason why I, like I've been listening to people say emails dead for, for almost 20 years now. Oh. And it's not, it's, it's not, it's getting better and better. There's no, yeah. there's no two ways about it, except for if you're the marketer. <laughs> well, and especially if you look at some of these companies, especially the uh, clothing companies that cater to women, like the fashion overs and all that good stuff. They send hundreds of emails per minute. Now, <laughs> slight exaggeration, but you know, you you see these companies that send multiple emails per day, and I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, I probably have purchased something simply because I've seen so many emails, and I start to say, oh yeah, I know who they are. Oh yeah, wait, that's a good price. You know, like we're coming up on Black Friday, so a lot of people are going to be sending out emails to try and get you to purchase something with one of their, with one of their Black Friday deals. Um, and I will tell you, as someone who's tried to set up a funnel on my own, a funnel or two, it's very difficult. So having someone that could do that for me, like Dan does deals, what kind of deals do you do, Dan? No, I'm just kidding. But having <laughs> someone that could do that for me with all the knowledge would be very helpful. So speaking of that, though, what is Dan does deals? Dan Does Deals is a brand I use mostly for podcasting and stuff, and that's uh, directly related to commercial real estate investment. So I have a uh, podcast that I feature on dandoesdeals.com, which is called Chance Encounters. And the thing that's special about it, the thing that people are really, really pleased about is it's such a condensed format. You know, people keep on talking about, oh, you know, the, the attention span so short now. And then other people are like, what are you talking about? Joe Rogan can have a two hour video and people are watching it all the way through. You know, there are other there are other uh, podcasters and uh, influencers that are the same kind of deal. But what I'm up to is uh, I'm checking a lot of boxes all at once. So the actual interviews are usually only 15 minutes each. And what I'm doing is I'm distilling uh, the, what usually takes about two hours of networking to get out of somebody and putting it down in that 15 minutes. So what I do is I say, Hey, there are five different reasons that I can find for why somebody wants to buy a commercial property. Which one of those is you? And then I have my Dan does deal die, which is hiding over here, which has the six different roles in a commercial deal. And I say, what's your core competency that you're liable to uh, uh, contribute in your next commercial deal. And then they tell me that and I say, okay, what's your sweetheart property? What's your ideal property? How many doors, what geographic areas, you know, what classes? And then I say, okay, what's the best way to get a hold of you? And then I say, okay, over there somewhere is a button to subscribe. You should hit it. So YouTube pays for this instead of me. Bye. Oh, wow. And it's over. That That's so, genius. And you know what? Here, here's, here's what I like. I like it when tech guys, can speak multiple languages, including non-tech language, like plain English. Because when your tech guy can explain something to you in plain English, I think you get Dan, someone who can clearly explain a marketing concept and uh, do it very well to a point where even I understand it. Now, Rory says that uh, I like simplified funnels rather than overly complex funnels. It helps minimize spamming and thus makes open rates and conversion rates go up. A rule of thumb is when drafting an email to send out, draft it like you're sending it to your mom. Hmm. 
Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. Because uh, what one of the things is, um, I think all of us we have this habit of looking to, you know, like the the big networks, you know, CBS, NBC, ABC, you know, we've got this impression of like this is how you're supposed to act on camera, you know, this is how you're supposed to, you know, like make a professional corporate email, and it's like who are they doing that for? They're probably doing it for themselves and their own edification. You know, whereas I've, I've seen one of my favorite uh, uh, commercial real estate acquisitions guys, uh, I've seen his emails and they're just like, you know, Zoomer age texts. You know, it's like, hey, do you have any, do you know anybody who's selling anything? <laughs> you know, it's so like, it looks like you can tell that it's like, hey, this is, this is from a human. This is not a bot because anybody who makes a bot will be sitting there saying, okay, how do I make this look? Like I'm a humongous company, even though I'm not. And then you've got this guy who's representing, you know, it, like I know the last time I checked their portfolio is like $400 million worth of worth of commercial real estate. And he's, he's sending these emails that are like four lines. It's like, Hey, found your, found your name on, on this list. I'm, I'm buying, you know, uh, I have, you know, 1.5 million that I need to deploy by the end of the year. I'm looking for these kinds of uh, uh, classes. Do you know of anything, you know, just, being really, really straightforward is like, hey, I hope I've reached you and you're having a wonderful day. First, let me talk about myself. I've been blah, blah, blahing since blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, everybody's already tuned out. It doesn't matter. It's uh, what uh, uh, I, I forgot the name, whatever the comment was about sending messages to your mom. It's uh, oh, that yeah. sort that of casualness. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. goes it goes a long way. Sure. I mean, you, you've got some fans here because Charlene says, tell them. She also said that uh, listening to general commentary causes us to miss opportunities. Long form, long form videos aren't dead either. Now, which format is for what use and for what and use accordingly. And, and, and Beth is going to steal from you. She said, hit that like button. So YouTube pays for it and not me. She's borrowing. Well, I'm sorry. She didn't say she was stealing it. She said that she was borrowing it. So you guys, we've yeah. been having a good time this morning on the Corporate Quitters podcast talking to Dan because we wanted to learn a little bit more about Dan and we wanted to learn about funnels too. Um, again, like I said, when your tech guy actually understands marketing, that's always a good thing. Um, kind of reminds me of uh, Charlene. We'll talk about Charlene in another episode. But um, Dan, tell the people if they want to learn more about Dan doing deals and why real estate is a scam and about funnels from a guy who speaks multiple languages that lives in the upper U.S. or communist Canada. Mm. Man, that was a mouthful. <laughs> Not a well, breath good thing now, I'm shy man. about branding and uh, things like that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I can tell that you're very shy about branding. And so right. that's why I wanted to brag on you, because there's no way that you know how to brand yourself, because I would have come up here with all my logos and everything on the screen everywhere. Um, that's what I would have done. Uh, but, right. but but no, if people want to learn how to brand like you, especially if they want to learn from someone who got Gilbert Gottfried to troll him, where can they find you? Yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best place to to find me. Uh, as far as uh, getting more curiousness, uh, some entertainment, you know, and you don't really have to hear me talk that much. I'd recommend going to danfradenberg.com forward slash sizzle. And my name is right here, Fradenberg. It's long, but yeah, danfradenberg.com forward slash sizzle. And then you'll you'll hear all those wonderful things that they said about me. But LinkedIn, my uh, LinkedIn profile is also easy to find. You know, it's funny. I wasn't that huge on my last name as a kid. But now that the Internet is a thing, I love it because my name's always available. <laughs> it makes it so easy to find you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So so that's how you can reach out. Make sure you do uh, subscribe to the channel. Pretty please, because uh, that's the only way it, it's what they require as far as subscribers and view time. It's yep. it's a lot. It's a lot for a typical person. And uh, I think most of the people who are pulling it off, you know, they've been building their YouTube uh, subscriber list since they were in high school. And I wasn't because there was no YouTube when I was in high school. Right. <laughs> Look, there was no YouTube when I was in college. Okay. Right. Just, I'm, I'm right. dating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There was no YouTube. 
until after until I was out of college for like 10 years or so. So <laughs> just saying. Yep. This yep. whole new YouTube world is fascinating. Hey, so listen, let me ask, do you have any last words for anyone before we go? Well, uh, corporate quitting, huh? So as far as corporate quitting, I'd say do the math, do the math for sure. Uh, just, just figure out is like, how much does it actually take, uh, in whatever your next step is, you know, for me, it's commercial real estate. It's like, how many, how many commercial real estate deals do you have to nail in a year in order to replace your income? That's what made me quit my corporate job. Is, is just realizing it's like, hey, wait a second, I can do this exact same thing, still charge a competitive rate and end up way ahead of what I'm doing, you know, 40 hours a week being told what to do and yeah. then being told it's like, OK, well, you have to stop this thing that you've been doing and it's going to just go in the trash unsanctimoniously and we're going to go on to something that's a harebrained scheme. You know, it's uh, that that's really what it is. There's so much there's so much more to life than a super duper stressful life working for some manager who doesn't even care about their own job other than the paycheck. I couldn't have said it better myself. Do the math. And so Dan and Rob, we're out until next time. Thank you for listening to the Corporate Quitters Podcast. If you like us, tell everybody you know. Better yet, head on over to the iTunes store and leave us a five-star review. It only takes a few seconds. I can do it with my eyes closed and both hands tied behind my back. So what are you waiting for? If you want to talk to us, leave us a voice message. You might be featured on the show. Check the link in the show notes. Want to carry us wherever you go? Check out the merch on our work website get your I quit, old quit, or just plain quit stuff there. If you really, really like us, you can become a monthly contributor for less than a cup of coffee. Link is in the show notes. And last but not least, quit those limiting beliefs that are holding you back. And we're out. <laughs>